Glory to God. If you're dealing with sickness in your body, just raise your hand up. Father, I thank you right now. Right now. (laughs) Even in that day that we celebrate, you came into that place and you sat upon each of them. I thank you for those who are in need in their physical body right now. That you just come. And you sit right on them. You begin to burn up the things that are causing sickness. You begin to burn up and remove sickness and disease. God, we speak to those bones right now. Where the doctor said, your bones are too brittle. They're Your bones, there's trouble in your bones. We speak to your bones. Life, strength to the marrow of those bones. Strength to the very marrow. (laughs) Life to the marrow of your bones. Healing and health. We speak to those nerves. Be healed. In the name of Jesus. Be healed. To joints. (laughs) That oil of anointing. Lubricating, making whole. I thank you restoring that joint. They've said it'll never be right. The pain is bone on bone. I thank you. You're working a creative miracle. To fill in the gaps. To recreate that joint. Command pain to go. Thank you, Lord. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Command those lungs to function properly. For that fluid to disappear. God, that you would cause it to evaporate. That those lungs would be made 100% whole. Not full of liquid, not full of junk. Cleared out. 100% whole. Deep breath. One after another. Drawing in oxygen and life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We curse cancer in the name of Jesus. That which would steal life. Commanded to stop in its operation. To cease and desist. For life to come. 
for life to come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we kneel now. We humble ourselves. You said if we would humble ourselves and pray. God, we pray for our nation. We don't have the answer to our nation. The wounds, the selfishness, the strife, the division, the godlessness, the lawlessness. We pray for an outpouring of your spirit. Let it begin with us, God. Correct our hearts and our minds. That we would turn from our ways to your ways, God. That you might be able to work through us, the church. That we wouldn't allow the division, the politics, and all that is going on in the world to infiltrate your body. To create division and to create strife amongst one another. But God, that we would embrace you and your word in the direction of your spirit like never before, that you through your church might begin a move that will begin to spread across all of the earth to create a last day's harvest. You said where sin abounded, grace would much more abound. So pour out your grace and your love. Pour out your mercy. Pour out your spirit upon this land. Where lawlessness and sin is abounding, cause grace to arrive. The power of grace and the influence of the Spirit of God to begin to change hearts and minds. To heal that which is broken. To restore that which has been stolen. Give our leaders wisdom. God, remove from our nation the politician, and raise up the leader. That we truly might have leadership and strength, not vying for power, but knowing how to lead in righteousness and strength for the benefit of the people. Raise up leaders in this hour, God, for our nation, we pray. Raise up your church in this hour. To be a bright and a shining light. Do what only you can do. God, do what only you can do. To heal our land. To restore the call to this nation. The light of the glorious gospel might go from this land into all the world. That Jesus, you might come again. We honor you. We honor you. We ask you to move in our nation. Move through your church. Empower us this day. This day as we remember Pentecost. Move in such a mighty way in the hearts of believers to empower them as they go forth in every single day to bring life and strength and hope to the hopeless. To bring light to those in darkness. Pour out your spirit, we pray. Upon our land and upon your church. Cause it to rain on the just and the unjust alike. That there might be a great and glorious revival ending 
in a tremendous harvest of souls in the earth. We ask you and believe that we receive in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, we ask you for utterance this morning to speak as we ought to speak. Give us ears to hear that we might leave different than we came. That we would receive the impartation from your word and the direction from your spirit to be equipped to go out and minister in our sphere of influence. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning, church. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I want to welcome everybody online. Uh, thanks for welcoming us into your home. It is so good to have all of you here. You can be seated. I'm not used to saying you can be seated because you can be seated at your house. You don't have to be seated. Welcome everyone who's joining us at the Meeker campus. I, I would love for you all here so that they can hear. You know, they've seen your hearts and all that stuff. But for our sound, our media, our live stream, our worship team, why don't you give them a hand? They have been working uh, very, very hard over the last few months uh, to bring the word to you wherever you were at, and uh, I appreciate them and their hard work so much. Praise the Lord. It is so good. I can't tell you. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know exactly why I got emotional, but it's a big day, and man, to see you all here is a, it's a joy. Praise the Lord. It's just a joy, and uh, it's been fun having them here, but uh, it's better to see your face. Amen. I was getting a little tired of them. Just kidding. Praise the Lord. All right, I want to jump in here because uh, we, we've just spent time worshiping God, which is good. But I want to share a few things with you this morning. We started a series last week, Who Told You? And uh, as we can see, we're in a time in our nation right now where there are voices everywhere. I mean, there's just voices coming from left and right and front and center. And the one thing about voices that we're, I believe that we're starting to see is whatever voice wants to be heard will get louder and louder to drown out the previous voice. And if we're not careful, it's just the loudness of the voice that we'll begin to listen to. <laughs> I know how this works. Uh, you know, I, I, have, I have four siblings. Uh, we have seven in our family. And then when you get uh, a holiday together and have relatives come, um, it's quite a deal. And so when Tasha and I first met, she came for Thanksgiving and when we left uh, Thanksgiving dinner, she was like, did you notice? Everyone just started talking over everyone else. Did you hear how loud it was in there? I said, no, I didn't notice. That's just normal. That's just normal. But you know, in society, it's like that. You get into a room and you're talking and then this conversation goes on and this one. And because you're having trouble hearing, you just get louder and louder and louder. And if we're not careful, voices are just getting louder and louder and louder. But we as believers are not to be distracted by the loudest voice. Because if we are, we begin to think that God might be in the loudest voice. But if we look into scripture, God's not in the loudest voice. God is speaking to us in a dynamic way that is not the loudest voice. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah found this out. 
And Elijah, you know, we can think of all kinds of things, but Elijah had just seen some tremendous things. I mean, Elijah was a miracle guy. He walked with God. He dealt with a tough group of people. He came to the point where here's Israel uh, worshiping other gods. People are going on. He says, let's have the showdown of the ages where we'll find out if your God, Baal, is God or God Almighty is God. He called fire down from heaven and it licked up the, the not only the altar, but the water. It licked up everything in there. And man, he had a great victory. And just Jezebel said, I want him dead. And he didn't go like, all right, come on, God, we'll just lick her up in the fire. He took off running. Go figure. He took off running. He got under this tree. He began to get all concerned, and God led him in a direction. He ended up at, at the mountain of God. He sustained him. He fed him. The angel fed him, awoke him, and said, you need to go. He gets to this cave, and God says, why are you here? Why are you here? <laughs> he said, well, I'm here because I'm the only one left. God said, get up and go to the mouth of the cave. So he got up and went to the mouth of the cave. Verse 11, it says this. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. Comma. The Lord passed by. In other words... The Lord showed up. He said, go out there to the mouth of the cave. And the first thing that happened was the Lord showed up. But then a strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. In other words, the Lord was there watching this. But the Lord was not in the wind. See, sometimes we hear that wind and we're like, God, you must be in the wind. God was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. See, sometimes we get caught in the, the wind and the earthquake and the fire, the circumstances around us, and we're looking for God to be in the circumstance. We're looking for God to be in, in the loudest voice. We're looking, God, what, what are you trying to say in the loudest voice? And God said, I've been standing here next to you. And I want to speak to you. But there's something about the voice of God. You say, why doesn't God just speak real loud? Because God wants you to pay attention. God wants me to pay attention. And if he was always loud, you just wouldn't pay attention. You know, moms and dads know that. Your kids get loud all the time, and pretty soon you just know how to tune it out. And what happens when they're loud all the time and you tune it out? How do they get your attention? You can be doing around, and all of a sudden, it's too quiet. <laughs> Uh-oh, we better find out what they're doing. It's too quiet. Because as long as it's loud, as long as it's going on, you, you just know. You tune it out. Sometimes in life, we start thinking, all this is God. We tune it out, but God says, it's, I'm here in a still, small voice because you're going to have to pay attention to what I'm saying. And so it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and he went out and he stood at the entrance of the cave and suddenly the voice came to him and said once again, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And he answers the same way. I have been very zealous 
for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, tore down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. And the Lord said to him, poor Elijah, I put such a burden on you, and I'm sorry. No, that's not what he said. He said, come on now, get up. Go return to the wilderness and get after what I anointed you to do. Anoint the king of Syria, anoint the king of Israel, and go anoint your predecessor and impart to him. Oh, and by the way, I have 7,000 that haven't bowed. When you think you're the only one, and all the circumstances of life are screaming at you, and you're ready to quit because there's none left. There's nobody else standing. God says, oh, by the way, come on, get up. Keep going. I'm with you. Don't listen to all those louder voices. And by the way, you're not the only one. I've got other ones. So in Genesis chapter 3, this is where we were last week. I just want to encourage you as the voices get louder, as the circumstances seem to be crashing in as the news media shakes things up. God's not in the wind. He's not in the earthquake. We draw near to God, and he's still speaking. He's still speaking. Well, why can't he speak over all my feelings and all my emotions and all the news? Because he wants that to not take precedence. So he wants you to stop and move that all aside and give him attention. Genesis chapter 3, verse 7, it says, the, the, and the, speaking of Adam and Eve, it says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. I, this just, I don't have time. This cracks me up. First, Ralph Lauren. <laughs> they went and became designers. And <laughs> Sorry. All right. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. It's all y'all's fault. I didn't do this. I preached short when I was preaching to a camera. It's all. <laughs> and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? And Adam said, we heard your voice in the garden. and We were afraid because I was naked. I hid myself. And God said to him, who told you you were naked? Come on, there's so many voices around. And I know I went through a list like this last week, but who told you that you were hopeless? Who told you you were the only one? Who told you to hold on to your past? Who told you you would never measure up? Who told you that you could get God's blessings your way? Who told you that God was who you made him to be instead of who he is? We have to be careful because we can fashion our own God and say, if God isn't the way I want him to be, if he's not the God I want him to be, then maybe I won't serve him. God is the Lord God Almighty. He is who he is. 
And if anything tells you that he's anything different than that, that he can be molded by your emotions or he can be molded by your own mindset, God will not be molded into the image you create for him. God is the Lord God Almighty. And he has great things in store for us. Who told you you were worthless? Who told you you had no value? Because God told you that you were valuable. God told you that he paid the price of his only begotten son for your life. That's how valuable you are. God told you that he cleansed you from your past. He told you that he was the God of all hope, that you didn't have to be hopeless. And God's talking to us and telling us stuff all the time while the world is trying to encroach upon us and tell us different things. God in his word has told us so many things. And today I want to just take a few moments and tell you the number one way that God speaks to us. Because it'll seem like a still small voice, but the number one way that God speaks to us is through his word. Now, don't shut me off. It's like, okay, here's a Bible thing again. No, don't shut me off because we need to know this. We need to look into the word of God and begin to draw the life out of the word of God. These words are alive. They're quick. They're powerful. Powerful. They're sharper than any two-edged sword. When you read these and receive it, it pierces past your emotions, past your thinking, right to your spirit man, that these words have life to build your spirit man up, that we might live in the strength of the spirit and not the weakness of the flesh. That we might have the discerning that the Spirit of God has who knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning, not just the temporal thoughts of feelings that take place right now that will end soon. This word is alive and it is made to fit right into your spirit and generate life and hope and strength and help. I had planned to get to the number one way he speaks to us and the number one message he is speaking, but I don't think we'll get to that number one message. God wants to speak to us by his word. This word right here is really the general will of God. It covers just about anything in life that you want it to cover. It covers it in general. It gives us the do's and the don'ts that we can do. We'll talk about it a little later, but he sent his spirit to give us the more specific direction of the word. He'll speak to us that way. But if we leave the word of God out is the first way that he's going to speak to us. When the spirit speaks to us, the word and the spirit agree. And if you don't have the word speaking in your heart, the Holy Spirit has trouble giving specific direction concerning the word. So the word is vitally important. It's first place, 90% of his direction for our life comes from this word. And why does God want to speak to us through this word? Because it brings life, health, strength, and blessing. Proverbs chapter 4, starting in verse 20, it says, my child, pay attention, the New Living Translation, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they will bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. 
What's in your heart when you receive the word of God into your heart? Guard it because it will determine the course of your life. The enemy is vying for your heart. He's vying for your soul so he can determine the course of your life. But God says, I have a great course for your life. I have a future and a hope and an outcome for your life that I've lined out in my word. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, the living translation, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. First thing God wants to bring to you through his word is life, health, strength. The second thing we can find that he wants to bring through his word is direction. He wants to bring direction. Psalms 119 verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and it's a light unto my path. Proverbs chapter 6, starting in verse 20, it says, My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, when you awake they will speak with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is a light. Didn't bring it today. I was thinking, I, I just got caught up in something else. It's going to bring a map paper map. Some of you don't know what that is. <laughs> but it folds up about this big, and then an accordion folds out. And it has the state of Colorado. And the Bible is a, a is direction for us. It's, it's a road map for us. God lines out a road map for us. And the thing about it is, is that when you look at that road map, and you begin to say, you know what, I want to go to Denver. And somebody says, you know what, things really look great towards Salt Lake City. The only problem is, is you can't get to Denver going west. Many times we read around everything else. We pay attention to everything else, but the roadmap is God's word, and you can't get west by going east. You may be able to say, well, I'm going to go to Salt Lake, and I'm going to go a long way around, and I'm going to take a long way, but you still have to go east to get to Denver from here. You can't go west and get to east. And so many people are trying to get to the things and the blessings of God going their own direction. You cannot get there going your direction, trying to figure it out yourself or by somebody else's experience. God's word gives us direction. It's the primary way that he speaks to us. Number three, number one, it's life, health, strength, blessing. Number two, direction. Number three, it brings correction. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, Every part of the scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the task God has for us. 
God has so much for us, and he's trying to bring that correction. And whom a father loves, he corrects. And we don't like correction much in our culture today. We don't like anybody telling us what to do too much. But God says, I want to tell you what to do because I have the plan. I have the roadmap for your direction, and I have the plan for your life. And I want to bring correction so that you get to the place that I've ordained for you to get there in the shape that I intended you for, for you to get there in. He's for your benefit, your help your strength, your direction. Number four, his word is here to bring us freedom. John, the eighth chapter, the 32nd verse, Jesus said, and you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. We take so much input into our life, so much information into our life. And if we're not careful, it just starts to bind us up. And many times we think, you know what, because of religion, we think it's the Bible that's bound us up. But the Bible hasn't bound us up. The knowledge of the truth brings freedom and liberty. If you're bound up by what you think the Bible has done, the Bible doesn't bring bondage. The Bible brings liberty. The letter of the law kills, but the spirit brings life. And Jesus said, my words are spirit and they're life. The truth of his word brings freedom to us. And the fifth thing his word brings transformation. His word brings transformation. John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The 14th verse says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word took a transformation from what was spoken from God's lips. It took physical form and it became flesh and it dwelt among us. And what God had promised to bring a Messiah and a Savior to redeem the world manifests in the transformation of life in Jesus Christ. And he says, if you'll take this word and you'll put it into your heart and allow the Spirit of God to reveal it to you, it'll create a transformation that you won't be struggling with trying to do this, but it will begin to transform and you'll walk the word of God. And you and I will be carriers of the light of the glorious gospel. We won't just share it. We won't just say it, but we will demonstrate the light of the glorious gospel, the good news of what Jesus has done, not only with the testimony of our words, but our healing, our health our strength, our joy, our peace, the goodness of God being revealed towards us in delivering us from our sin and holding it where we were held captive. He's changed your life. If you've got into the word, it's transforming you. He's speaking to us and he's telling us about life. He's telling us about resurrection life. He's telling us about life in fellowship with him. Who told you? Because when God told you, he plans on bringing it to pass. God's not obligated to perform what we told ourselves. God's not obligated to perform what the world told you. God's not obligated to perform the desires of our flesh, but God has obligated himself to his word to perform that which he promised. If we want to see the full promise of God, we have to get into his word and see what he's telling us. I think we'll pick up on this tonight. 
So you may, you can decide yourself whether you want to stay awake or come. But I believe we need it and we need to hear it very closely. The number one message that he is telling us today is walk in love. And it will transcend more than you ever know. And the way that Jesus told us to walk in love changes everything. It changes everything. We have to understand and distinguish between the types of love. The trouble that is in the world today, according to Timothy. The difficulty, the very hard time that we're seeing is because people love pleasure more than they love God. People love themselves more than they love God. He said, when your love gets misguided, it creates trouble. But when we love God more than anything, it changes everything. And if the church can hear what God is telling us and get the message and be the church, it can change everything. It can change everything. Y'all are looking at me like, really? If three young men could change a nation going into a fire, if one man could change a nation going into a lion's den, if one man could save the world by going through the pit and the jail, false accusation, to ruling the world and saving God's people. I believe there's enough of us here. Enough of you there. That if we walked according to God's word. And not get caught up in all the voices that are going on. We could change our region. We could change our state. Bring our nation back. Change the world. We just have to know who told us about the direction of our life. Why don't you stand up? Father, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you. God, you are so good. Fill every heart with your presence, God. Every person here, God, I, I don't know what they're thinking or where they're at. I just ask you. By your spirit to tune their heart in. Like we would take a radio and move it into the right frequency to hear what we want to hear. God, that you would take us. God, we give it to you. If you want to hear God's voice clear, just raise your hand. I don't want to, I, I just want to be speaking to the people who say, I'm, I'm ready, I'm, I'm ready. God, these people who've raised their hand, I ask you right now, 
by your spirit, begin to tune, tune it in, that your voice becomes clearer and clearer. Your word, the revelation of your word jumps out. Tune it in. Tune into the frequency of the word and the spirit of God as it were. That it become clearer and clearer. That we might know what, is, what you are saying. That it's that still small voice. That we're not distracted by the wind and the earthquake. We're not distracted by the, 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 the talk of the day and the news media of the day. In the midst of all that we stop and we hear what you are saying. We hear what everybody else is telling us. But we stop and we hear what you tell us. As we begin to walk in the very blessing, the life, the health, the strength, the direction, the correction, the transformation. So we begin to walk in abundant life and people begin to ask us, who told you you could walk in that kind of life? We have a testimony. Who told you you could be free from that? Who told you you didn't have to be an addict anymore? Who told you your marriage could be restored? We can declare, I heard from God, and he told me. Who told you you could be forgiven of that wrong? <laughs> he told me I could. Tune us in, God. Tune us in. I thank you, Lord ministering to our hearts and our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I don't know what to do from now. If you're, if you're online church, stay tuned. We're going to have the children's church video, the glory hallelujah day. If you are here, say this. What God did in Christ Jesus, far exceeds. Any damage done to me by Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great day. It is so awesome to see you. I can't tell you how glad I am to see you all. What? The ushers are going to...